Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Black Talk. I am Lauren with Kira. Hey, okay, we got it right, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> and I did have a question, and I think it can tie into today's um topic. So I'll get right to it. And the question is, what is an insecurity you have overcome and how? Ooh, I was just recently overcome a insecurity out my body. So that's good. I'm very excited about that. I like that. I think what's helped me overcome that insecurity is self care and just looking at myself in the mirror more and being intentional. Yeah. Um, my insecurity is just like, I guess it's what I'm actively working on is like being able to use my voice. Um, mm. I think it's more so the insecurity of how people will perceive me if I'm like have an opinion different than them or whatever it may be and so like not being afraid to sort of be a little different in a sense maybe not be like quirky but like different in like how I view things my interests whatever so I think it's just like allowing myself to be me and not feeling like I have to be somebody else um I think this is not like a recent insecurity but I think just over the years I've learned that I'm not going to be the um the most prettiest person or the most outgoing person but that's fine oh, you got to yeah. kid i'm sorry <laughs> um but that's fine like as long as as i'm being oh shoot i cannot talk as long as i'm being myself then that's fine and i think that's just the quickest way to eliminate people who don't value you for you so it, if you have to do X, Y, and Z to do all of this or just to get that attention by, I'm I'm getting too old for that. Yeah. And it's really just draining at this point. <laughs> so I think that's an insecurity that I've had and that I've, I've learned how to overcome. I think it's just with time. Like, it, it just doesn't bother me like it used to back in the day, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah. That's an insecurity I've had and then um I guess that y'all want to talk about like the black culture because Tierra has one and I have one sure <laughs> I'm sorry if that was really loud no it wasn't Tierra you can start with your foolishness and I'll just end with my foolishness all right cool so our pop culture our pop culture topic basically ties into our main topic, which is, um, so did y'all watch that, um, YouTube video I sent you guys about the, um, the Cartoon Network kind of commercial mm-hmm. or whatever? So, 
I actually learned something because I did not know this man, Louis Lattimore, invented the filament in the light bulb, which basically makes the light bulb for one word. And it mm-hmm. apparently also made it affordable, which seemed more informational than Thomas Edison did. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but the video is called um, Tell the Whole Story to Crystal Jones. Um, say be anti-racist and there are 13,000 people that dislike that video yes <laughs> I was so mad when I saw that but those 13,000 people are the pe- people that don't teach their children how to be anti-racist so mm. <laughs> <laughs> at least yours was educational mine is just stupid <laughs> So, I don't know if y'all have heard, but if you um, watch uh, Ray J or Princess Love, you know their relationship is in shambles, but yet she still wants a third child with him in the midst of a divorce. They make beautiful children. Huh? <laughs> I mean, it's still toxic, but they make beautiful children. <laughs> and honestly, it's because they look similar. They have very similar, like, mouth and nose set up. Mm-hmm. Sorry, go ahead. No, it's okay. Like, they do have really cute kids. But that just, it sounds crazy. Like, I I don't understand the fact that you want to have a child with someone you're about to divorce. Of course, they're going to probably co-parent with the other two kids they have. But why Mm -hmm. add another one in the mix and y'all not going to be together? That's called passing on trauma. I don't understand that. (laughs) That just didn't make sense to me. I just thought that was wild and interesting. I think. Because Ray has moved on. He's got other girls in his videos. Like his like Instagram <laughs> lives and stuff. <laughs> um, at the end of the day, Princess needs to love herself. Princess needs to get some business. Like something to make some money for herself. And Princess just needs to take a few years for herself. Because that's Princess seems like genuinely a nice person. And looks and like. Looks aren't everything, but she's a beautiful woman. I'm sure she would not have problems finding a good man if she works on herself. True. Yeah. But yeah, she just, I don't know what it is about Ray J for her. (laughs) I don't know. You saw, you remember that video a few years ago? Like, earlier a year ago, because Ray J has a glasses company. And he was on some show, gosh. I saw the video recently because it happened like a year ago, about two weeks ago. What's the dude's name? I want to say his name Scooter. He's fun. But he, like, he was on the show and he was like, Ray J was like, you can break my glasses. They're indestructible. You can't break them. They're indestructible. And they kept going back and forth. And he's like, so if I put these glasses on the ground and I break them, <laughs> like, and I step, step on them and they're not going to break. And he was like, yeah. And if I can find the video, I will send it to you guys. Because the, the glasses break, don't they? The glasses break. At least he had confidence in his uh his his self, his product. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people like I don't know. I just don't understand the toxicity. Like, why sit and stay in something? Especially when somebody d- refuses to get better for your family. Yeah. And didn't they try to have some counseling session, but they said they would only do it as, like, a TV show? 
Yeah, they did it. <laughs> <laughs> so you want your mess to be aired out. That's crazy. You only it's would do it if it's on TV. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. Because at the end of the day, Ray J and Princess don't have any money, like streams of income outside of like reality TV. I thought Ray J did though. Like he had like a scooter business. Yeah. I think he does, but I think Princess herself does not. See, this is how this is why you open up a separate bank account and you yeah, just this start is why stacking. You that too, but you know, I'll be making up money on these old fashioned Nova collaborations. <laughs> Girl, I just keep stacking. Fashion Nova needs to be another conversation. That's another episode. <laughs> fashion Nova and all the stuff that comes with Fashion Nova and brands like that. Mm. Fashion Nova used to be cute about four years ago, and now I can't stand anything on their site. Really? I haven't checked it out that much, so. Because I never really was into Fashion Nova. <clears throat> I, one of the things that bugs me about Fashion Nova, I appreciate that they do model on curvy girls, but I never see them model a diverse body type. Like, they never have, like, yeah, it's, it's not literally a full the range. Same. Right, it's literally, literally the same, the same body, body type. type. Every single time. It's nothing overly, it's nothing that's bigger or fuller than that, or anything thinner than that. It's always it's one body type. And I'm like, if you're going to complain about it being on skinny girls all the time, you can't do the exact same thing. I just feel like if you're gonna make clothes for everybody and say your clothes fit every bo- everybody, then you need to have clothes on everybody. <laughs> right. That makes sense. Let me get off my fashion over afterwards um, <laughs> because I have issues with the brand and everything that comes with them. <laughs> I really feel like they, along with Kim Kardashian. Kardashians have facilitated that aunt booty body type. That's a whole other <laughs> episode itself. <laughs> that. Mm-mm. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Okay, so I guess are, y'all want to jump in to the actual the main topic. Yep. All right. So today we are talking about colorism within the Black community and just in general. So whoever would like to start off, the floor is yours. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we've had a lot of conversations about colorism like our generation has. I think really interesting was you saw that you also that video or that picture of Sasha Obama and sis look good. But she was mm-hmm. at like some party and there were two guys in the back and the guys were caught off guard in the picture and like they weren't near her, they were just in the back. And one of them was a darker-skinned black guy with dreads. And they were like, we need to find him. Like, it was on Twitter for, like, two days on black Twitter about, like, he was going to hurt her, X, Y, Z. And people brought the fact that we're talking, like, why do we think he's going to hurt her? Is it because he's dark-skinned? And, it, like, people are bringing up the fact that we don't ever talk about dark skin in relation to black men and how they have to carry the burden of always being seen as more of a threat compared to the light-skinned um, men. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, like, a perfect example. Because, like, we don't know this man from nothing. 
Yeah. And so it's just like this assumption that because you are of a darker skin tone, you are automatically up to something malicious or you are stronger and you can take more pain or whatever it may be. I think that affects women more, but the whole idea that dark skin people are naturally inherently bad or promiscuous or strong is definitely a stereotype that goes across the genders. Yeah. Well, I know I sent y'all that video of <sighs> B. Simone and the that cringy <laughs> <clears throat> her praising um Danny Lay and downing black women's features. But the thing is with Danny, Danny's Dominican and so she's at least probably about thirty percent black herself. Yeah. let's be honest the reason danny has those features is because it's a combination of european specifically iberian and black features so it's like yeah. it's a byproduct of blackness but she did not have to get on there and give me secondhand embarrassment with <laughs> that whole speech she gave that whole speech was really towards herself yeah it was it, it yes it was embarrassing but that was that's i think it was just sad how she thought about her body and she felt as if she couldn't compete with her because of how she looks and her skin color. Mm-hmm. And I know within that industry, it is very difficult because you're always trying to compete with somebody else, whether it's for a man's attention, whether it's for a role, a music video, whatever it is, everybody wants that perfect waist, but and yeah. it just gets to a point where it's really annoying and frustrating because it's like to me it's boring if everybody is going to be the same like what separates you from somebody else don't compare yourself stand out in a way that works for you and i also think it has it wasn't just colorism either it was also like featurism and texturism all rolled into one um because I feel like we like to separate the two. Um, and the thing is with, I know too much about their business than I should. But like the thing with Danny, the really thing that bothers me the most about the whole Danny the baby situation is the fact that the baby has a baby mama from Charlotte, who is a pretty dark skinned woman. And she, she lucky looks better than that. <laughs> yeah, she looks good. And it's not because Danny's light skin, it's just because she looks like she takes better care of herself and her hair, to be completely honest. Because, yeah. like, it's just like. And the thing I think with me is not because Danny's light skin, it's more so the fact that Danny looks like every other girl in that industry. She looks like Keanu on the day, if we're going to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. not again because they're light skin it's because they both dyed their hair the same color they yeah. probably have both had surgeries to make their no- noses a little thinner and lips a little fuller like they i'm not going to say that on them specifically but girls who all sort of fit that mold they all sort of look the same and so that's what bothers me the most about that situation is that just the pure dichotomy between his baby mama and danny lay like they're both a mess because they're fighting over a man who does not care about either of them yes um but it just sort of bothers me because 
I, it hurts me because the baby's daughter with his. Well, he had a baby on her because of somebody else. But like, his <laughs> daughter with his baby mama, and he has another baby, uh, another girl. Like, what do they see when they they grow up and see all this mess? They feel like Danny is inherently better than their mothers, thus making her and women that look like her better than them. You know what I'm saying? I just yeah, I find it really interesting that he chose the exact opposite of what his baby mother and what his baby mothers look like, and got with her and making a public relationship. And Danny's just messy as heck too, and so is the baby mama. It's just like a whole entire mess. And the just, whole thing is messy. <laughs> it's messy, and it just I don't know. It just speaks to the idea that like B Simone took the time to pull out her camera. And record herself saying some stuff about black women always win. They have spiciness in their blood. X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z. And people were talking about how, like, Afro-Latino women who are dark-skinned and you are clearly can tell they are black, they don't have the same experiences as people, Afro-Latino women, like, who have partially black blood at Danny Lay or Sam Santana because they are the more acceptable versions of blackness. Or a derivative, a watered-down derivative of blackness, and they're thus put on a pedestal. Because, we're going to be honest, Danny Lay would not be with Amarla Negra. I mean, uh, Danny Lay, the baby would not be with Amarla Negra. He would not be with Celia Cruz if Celia was alive and younger. Like, he would not be with somebody like that. A lot of these rappers wouldn't be with a woman like that if she was of black blood and black. But again, I don't know. I do not want to be mean towards like some people, but I mean it's you can't control your skin color, but you can control your behaviors. And I I mean I don't know if within the music industry if they didn't idolize lighter skin women if they changed that if that would make things a little bit better, or if it wouldn't change anything. Especially for for black women who who are trying to get cream to make their skin lighter, like it's just really sad. And then you you do have to question the men as well, like why do you like lighter skinned women versus and not really paying attention to darker skin, or why do you feel like when you jump into the industry, oh, I have to fit this mold and date a light skinned woman, or I'm not going to be quote unquote a cool dude or whatever. Like, I, I don't know. It just is interesting to me. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I'm not trying to, like, you can't force somebody to find someone attractive. But right. I think it is a good idea to literally sit back and be like, why do I date these types of people? Whether it's something physical about them or something like a characteristic. Like, no matter what it is, like, it's a good idea to sit back and say, why do I attract these types of people? Why do I date these types of people? No matter what it is. But I think, like, people get defensive with colorism because they don't want to sit back and be like, I won't date somebody that looks like my mama. And like, we're talking about men because I don't hear a lot of women say this necessarily on the internet. I haven't heard a lot of women say this. I'm sure there are women out there who only date light skinned men or non-black men for whatever reason. And that's wrong too. Um, Based on like colorism or stereotype, that's wrong as well. But I just feel like people refuse, a lot of men refuse to have this conversation because it forces them to acknowledge the fact that I think blackness is acceptable on black men only and not on black women. I think 
a, a root of it and this is not the only root but I think a lot of it stems from insecurities mm-hmm. and wanting to chase clout because <laughs> a lot of men don't like their skin color and they don't want their children to have their skin color whether it was due to them being bullied when they were younger or them just not liking their skin tone in general or just idolizing somebody who only value light-skinned people. Yeah. I think a lot of people do have to look at themselves, too. And if you see that you're not happy with yourself and your skin color, you need to get help for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's just... That, that just takes self-work. Yeah, that's what that takes. Yeah. And I think a situation that reminds me of this is Lyra Galore. She used to date Rick Ross. And Lyra had an episode with Ayana. Ayana Vincent. Mm-hmm. And on that episode, it was about black men who only date all black women. And Lyra was on that episode because her dad left her mom and sisters and went and married a white woman in the same town they were from and raised her kids and their kids. It had nothing to do with Lyra and her siblings after that point. And Lyra was very hurt. And Mm -hmm. that just sort of reminds me of the baby situation because in in other situations out there, it's like, I wonder how young adults, young men and women who have experienced that, like their, specifically their father, maybe their mother, but typically their father is on issue, who gets up and leaves the mother for a lighter-skinned woman or a non-black woman and Granted, like their relationship could have been horrible and toxic, and they probably relationships out there like that. I'm not taking away from that, but like as a child, you don't view it that way. You view it as she is X, so I am Y. Like I am this. Mm-hmm. I like wonder what that does to yeah. self worth. I mean, have y'all like experienced mm-hmm. colorism? Oh yeah. Have you? I don't know. Like, I was thinking about it today. And to be honest, I really don't think I was, I've was i experienced colorism, from my knowledge. Mm-hmm. At least. Yeah. I haven't probably experienced it as badly as somebody who's darker than me has. Mm-hmm. In the comments. But, like, mine was both, like, Mine was more so futurism, as I would say, and, like, being compared to my sister by certain people growing up, and just, like, like, complimenting someone, I don't know, I'm very sensitive when it comes to children in terms of compliments, because you never know how a child may feel, but, like, I remember a lot of times growing up, like, people compliment my sister in her eyes, and, like, that's not a problem, but they would, like, never compliment me on anything, and so I internalized Mm -hmm. that, um, as a child, as in something was wrong with my eyes and, like, how I looked. Um, and then people would make comments about just her being prettier than me, etc. And, like, obviously I was, like, in middle school and intermediate school at that time, so I didn't know how to properly vocalize that and realize that, internalize that and realize that it was more so what, I guess, colorism or, uh, or subconscious colorism, maybe. Yeah. Instead of just, um, I internalized it as in something wrong with myself. I remember one time I was out with one of my aunts and we were 
visiting and she knew a lady in the store. I'm sorry, this is a She knew this lady in the store and she, the lady was talking and my sister and I walk up and she comes in the store and her eyes and she literally turns and looks at me and was like, well, where are your eyes? <laughs> no. And I didn't know if she was being serious or she was condescending. But I was like so much shocked because I was like 14 or 15. I just sort of walk away. And That's, I was mm-mm. like really hurt behind that. And that was like the first time in a while I had felt insecure about how I looked. And like every now and again, it will come up and I will just be insecure about like sometimes being around her in terms of like and being in public spaces. Because like when I'm with her, like nothing she can say on her but like when I'm with her, like I never like I don't get approached alone or out like in general. But like alone or with somebody else or a group or with her. But it's just like I sometimes I feel insecure because I'm like, okay, I know I won't be the one, you know, picked or necessarily complimented out of the two yeah. of us if we're out. Have you told her? Like, I mean, I know that's not her fault, but have you told her? Um, I don't think we've had that type of conversation. I know that growing up, she didn't understand it because, like, obviously to her, I was her big sister. And, like, she had some insecurities in relation to me as well. Like, we both did. Like, I'm sure yeah. every sibling relationship if you're the same gender. Um, But it was just like a, she didn't get it. Because to her, it was just like, and I don't, like, I don't get, like, not that she didn't get the hype, but it was just like, I don't get it. Yeah. Like, I don't get why people say stuff like that. Um, But I know my parents knew growing up that, like, when she was born and, like, they, after they waited for a while to see, like, if her features would change, they had to do a lot of due diligence in terms of, like, both of our self-esteems and images of ourselves. Um, Because, you know, people are going to compare kids, especially if they're sisters. Yeah. It's not fair, but I guess that was a very long-winded way of saying I have experienced. (laughs) um, (laughs) I have experienced mainly euphemism growing up and feeling insecure because I'm all brown in like every aspect. Yeah. I have not experienced. Well, okay. I thought I had not experienced colorism, but as I think about it, um, when me and my sisters were having this conversation, we were like, our dad is a colorist <laughs> because my mom is, is my mom is light skinned <laughs> and now the woman that he's with is white, but like all his from the time my parents got divorced to the time he was with the lady he's with now, um, everyone in between has been like, my dad has never dated like a dark skinned woman, like at all. So I thought about that. And then I also thought, I feel like I'm the safe option for some people that want to date a black girl because in all my past relationships, I've been, for some reason, I've always been that person's first black girl that they have dated. So when I thought about that, I don't know, like, I really don't even know how to feel about that, honestly. 
it's just strange. So, yeah. That so is my your, experience on it. <laughs> so with your dad, I don't mean to pry, but like, does he like, has he ever verbalized his dating preferences in any type of way? Like, like, not subconscious, but like, overtly mm. or subliminally? Um, I feel like he's made comments, like, when my parents were married, my dad would have, um, you know, his friends over, like, every weekend, and just hearing him talk and use terms like snow bunny and just stuff like that, I could, I didn't understand what that meant until I got older, and I was like, <laughs> those were very derogatory comments. <laughs> So, I guess, yeah. Yeah, I have. That's tough to experience that and hear that. I'm sorry that you had to go through that. Yeah. But, like, none of it was, like, directed... Like, mm -hmm. I have not, like, experienced any colorism directed towards me except for, like, I guess dating. But other than that, no. Agreed. Yeah, I can agree on that. <laughs> um, have you yourself, like, not been a victim, but the other way around, like, have you felt like you were only attracted to light-skinned people or just mm, no i'm kind of i'm i'm more attracted to black men but that does not mean i discount other people yeah agreed i think I do have a preference in terms of dating. I'm not. Mm -hmm. I do prefer darker skinned men. I'm not prefer, but like I'm gonna be honest. Like you can only date who's interested in you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So mm -hmm. if it's only dark skinned people, approaching me, then I'm going to only have my pickings from dark skinned men. Like I remember telling my dad that, and he's like, "You just you talk to a lot of like like I dated my boyfriend like two years ago for like a, almost two years." I was like, well, if a dark skinned West African men are the only ones approaching me, dark skinned West African yeah. men are the only ones You can't be me. like picky, basically, with yeah. you. I think in total, I have only talked to two African American men since like my junior year of high school. Everyone oh, wow. else has been like Dang. West African men. And that is, I guess, that's my playing field. And yeah. that is, I'm okay with that. They're the only ones to me who seem to take me seriously enough. Yeah. They just make me their girlfriend. Like those men are the only ones who take me seriously enough to at least make me their girlfriend. But I don't think I've been a perpetrator of it. I think I've had to unlearn the idea that sometimes that perpetrates through the, um, um, excuse me, that is like pushed through the black community that dark skinned men are more attractive and it's usually tied to the idea of sexiness and being strong. And that's not fair to light skinned men either. Um, so I think that, I don't think it's necessarily colorism, but I think it is this idea of manhood tied to, I mean, it is colorism in a way. 
is how yeah. manhood is tied to colorism for men, and that's not fair. But also, I feel like there aren't a lot of light-skinned men that exist in general. I just feel like when you look around in the black community, yeah. I don't see that many. Yeah. So, it's in terms of dating, it, I, I'm not particular. Like, I have to go to dark skin, ma'am. I have to date somebody like this. But I date who... I, I, I takes interest. Yeah, <laughs> I, take yeah. so, I get you. I get you. That's interesting. Though, so, but sometimes it's interesting just to take a step back to look at the options or what you know preference are. Because I don't think people don't. I think people are scared of me because people don't be approaching me. So. <laughs> Um, but just from my own experience, I'm not picky like when it comes to race. I'm picky yeah, in yeah, other picky when it comes to a lot of other things. Yes. <laughs> I'm not picky when it comes to race, but I'm picky in a whole bunch of other areas. <laughs> so I, I have liked a lot of people ranging from black, Middle Eastern, white. It, it, I guess it doesn't matter to me. So, I don't think I have a preference when it comes to race. Okay, well, okay, let me take that back. That kind of was a lie. I, I do have a preference when it comes to black and brown people, but that's I'm I don't think I'm afraid to go outside of that. Yeah, if that makes sense. I get you. Like it's not a hindrance but it's not my first choice like I have to agree on that yes <laughs> like I would rather date a black man than to date outside of my race but I'm not opposed to it I mean nowadays it's, you gotta be more open minded <laughs> honestly <laughs> because I I've told Dora and I talked about this before like every single I can only say this in relation to like black men versus black women and dating somebody of the opposite sex of them. You like I go out and I see men my age, like black men our age, let's say like from nineteen to about twenty six, they are mm-hmm. almost always out with a non black woman. Always. Yeah. And I'm just like, good gosh, y'all don't have any do y'all even have a black female friend? <laughs> <laughs> like maybe like maybe she's light skinned. But I'm not gonna pretend mm-hmm. she's non black or I feel looking at her features she could be full black she's mixed race i was like do y'all have a full like <laughs> mama daddy both black or mom or one of the parents was at least half black and the other was fully black do y'all have a friend like that mm-hmm. do y'all date girls that look like that because at this point i start to feel like i'm a freak of nature so what do you think would change that for men to open up or to actually want to date darker skinned women i think the, uh, stopping the over-sexualization of black men. Oh my gosh, I saw this tweet. And this girl was talking about some guy she was talking to, and he was like, well, interracial dating is easier for black men because we're more attractive than black women. And she said she Whoa, was dang. <laughs> Very bold, very much so a lie. Very much so loud and wrong. <laughs> I would have just walked away. And I'm just like, wow. But I really think it ties to the idea of sexualization of black men and the mendingo idea and then this desperation and softness and this secret coveting that is a fetish of black men that a lot of non-black women have 
And if you yeah. put those two together, you ain't got no real relationship. You just have sex. And yep. I really genuinely am concerned for biracial kids who come from those type of unions. Because their parents' relationship is built on nothing. Yeah. And if you got you have to talk. Because one of my best friends um, has a biracial kid. And he's he's only six, and he's already asked questions about his race and why he's not light like his mom and stuff. And how are you going to tell your child? How are you going to answer these questions if you don't even like yourself? Because you're not going to tell your kid, oh, yeah, I'm with your mama because I don't like my skin. Mm-hmm. And these kids eventually do realize it. And the, when I realized the, like, the biracial kids who like, talk on social media or YouTube or Twitter – Nine times out of ten, they come from a black father or a non-black mother. They don't come from a black woman and a non-black man. The bi- like, there's a difference in how those two types of biracial children are raised. Yeah, um, there's, a, there's, there's a big difference. <laughs> yes. I know a biracial family. and it's, Her dad's white. Mom's black. And he had mm. kids from a previous union with a white woman. He married her. They divorced and he married her. Vastly different children than a lot of the biracial children I grew up with. In a and good way? In a good way. Like, oh. they knew they were biracial. They're like, I'm not either. Or, like, a lot of biracial, I'm not trying to talk about biracials either. But a lot of, I just been seeing stuff from last year. But, like, a lot of black biracial kids, like, they're like, I don't fit into either. And they try and force their way into, like, they, like you are half black. But, like, they try and make the black community, like, they blame the black community. I'm like, why not blame the other half of you for not fitting in either? Yeah. It's strictly mm-hmm. just us. It's because we're just more welcoming. Nah, take that up with your mama and then. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Like, that is a topic that irritates me because at the end of the day, you don't know what you're doing and you're bringing a child into this world. And that child has an identity crisis. And that identity crisis could have been prevented if both of you got together because you actually liked each other and not because you had secret fetishes for one another. And I'm going to shut up on that. <laughs> I mean, let it all out. No, you already right. started. <laughs> but we're not attractive, okay. <laughs> I I don't know. Like, I think you do have to, it does, a lot of it does start at home with your parents and how they raised you. And I think um, words of affirmations is good to, to remind yourself. And not to get caught up with this, what this world is saying about your skin color or what other people are saying. Like, you have to find that value within yourself instead of looking for it from an outside source. Because if you don't like yourself for you, it doesn't matter who that person is. Even if that other person likes you for you, if you don't like yourself, you're still going to be struggling. <laughs> you're still always going to have that issue. Yeah, that's very true. And so... relationship cannot solve that yeah you have to get help and figure out why you have that problem and how you can combat that and if you need to talk to your your parents or whoever you felt like caused that then do that there's just there's this there's a lot of people that have not healed properly and they're just creating generational curses. Yeah, people need to stop raising <laughs> broken adults. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it does. 
but I think I'm grateful. Like me and my sister, well, my youngest sister is lighter too, but I don't mm-hmm. think anybody's ever complimented us in that way based on our yeah. skin color. Yeah, me and my sisters, all of our skin tones are about the same. So I, we've never really gone through that. People just compliment us as a whole, mm-hmm. not one individual person. And I think it's because we're just so different, me and my siblings. Mm-hmm. Like you, it's impossible because we all have our own personality. So, and we all have our own little clique and, you know. So I think people have done really pretty good with not trying to make it seem like one person is better than the other or their features or skin tone is better. Yeah. yeah. So... Because I've never, I don't know, I've never, I never was self-conscious of my skin color. That was never, like, an issue with me. So maybe that's why I just haven't really looked for that either, if somebody did do it to me. Yeah, I've never had an issue with it either, but my mom's always implemented us to love our skin color and love our natural hair just love our blackness basically so i think that's also why if i was um if that did happen to me that's probably why i didn't notice it either because of that yeah Yeah, sometimes you're just like oblivious to it you don't want to like dig into it deeper and I can be honest, like experiencing colorism or futurism or texturism has hurt me like more than experiencing racism the few times I've experienced it. No, it and I can more. I can understand that because yeah. it's like your own people are hurting you versus like we already know the other side is going to hurt us, but mm-hmm. we don't expect it, you know, our own people to be to do the same actions that they do. Mm-hmm. Girl, that's crazy, because I thought the exact opposite. And I guess because that started with me when I was young. Like, I've always had people within my race who genuinely did not like me at all. Like, especially with um, Black men. No hate to them. <laughs> but I remember, um, remember Miss Miss Maddox? Yes. Yeah, shout out to her. She's listening. One of my best teachers. Um, but we <laughs> we were in her class and you know how she would use her props and stuff mm-hmm. and she would make us like get up and participate. So it was my turn that day for whatever reason. And I had to pick somebody and ooh, I'm like, should I be petty and throw out names? Let's, Do you um, know pers- these people? Let's protect the innocent. <laughs> oh well, they know we know of each other. We don't talk. We never talked or anything. Okay, I'll just say this, dude. I'll just generalize him. Yes. <laughs> this um African, <laughs> this African dude. As soon as I turned around, he ducked his head so I wouldn't pick him. Like he made it intentional. Like I don't want nothing to do with you. And it, I don't know, like. Of course it hurt, but at the same time, I was just like, okay, whatever. I wasn't going to pick you anyway. And then there was just a lot of numerous 
um, other situations before that to where like, and it wasn't even just black men, it was black women too, who just didn't, didn't like my, um, how I dressed or how I looked and stuff. So it got to a point where I didn't, I'm not going to say I didn't believe in my culture, but I, it just kind of made me look elsewhere. Like I, I don't, yeah. it wasn't a shock anymore if I if I get mistreated by my own community because it's always been like that unfortunately like people outside of my race have treated me better than people within my race mm-hmm. so it's just it just over time it's just like whatever I don't expect for you to defend me or whatever if that makes sense yeah. so I guess that's yeah, I, don't. I don't I mean I know that's not colorism but I don't know. Maybe that's why it just didn't phase me. I get you. It was like bullying. And I experienced that too with like girls growing up. Because my hair was natural growing up. And I remember one time, like just a comment, sorry about my hair being natural, but. um, I got those same comments too. Don't worry. Like, ugh. It just. It was just like, well, dang, y'all don't like me because I look like the way I look. Um, I never received comments like that from white people, like ever. Like I mean, not ever, but like as I got older, I received some slight comments. But like, I didn't like the amount of times I've received comments like that from non-black people compared to white people. I mean, um, compared to black people, black people outweigh them. Yeah, it sucks. That's what happened to um me as a kid. Because before before dreads were cool, because dreads are recently cool, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, we would get more compliments from white people saying they like their hair than we would black people. And that just seemed like the oddest thing. Yeah. And that's so weird to me is that how so mm. many, oh, like, we get back into hair, but how so many black women say that they get treated differently. Um, Jada, we went to church with her. Laura and I growing up, and she was asking a question about a week or two ago about that. Like, how a lot of black women say they get treated differently or approached differently by men and different types of men depending on their hairstyle. And, like, mm-hmm. I think that's also true within black women in our circles and, like, how we are treated as well by each other based on yeah. how done our hair is or how our hair is styled. The obsession with black women's hair is absolutely... It is like our hair is so politicized and it bothers me because black the other races of women don't deal with that they like literally for the most part they literally don't like hispanic women who have curly hair probably it comes from a black ancestry down the line but like they literally don't have to deal with that in a large scale and it is so freaking annoying to me because they can walk around with blue, purple, green, like the industry I work in. They can walk around with all different hair colors. But as soon as, like, I get my hair done or I do this or that, like, it's all of a sudden all these questions and this and that. Oh, you have to do your hair like this. And just like, oh my God, so people were literally hair asking hair you questions. Yes. And I'm like, leave me and my hair alone. <laughs> like, literally leave us alone. That's when you just start asking people questions. So what made you want to do that? And I bet they were like, like, why do you need, or maybe we should just genuinely ask people, why do you feel you have to ask about my hair? Hair. Call out people. See, it's like, 
just wondering if it's a compliment. I love your hair. He did it. I really love his color. It's, it's green on you. That's one thing. But when you start asking 90 billion questions about the washing and drying and braiding <laughs> process, you have taken it too far. Are these like white people? I've had white people. I've had non-black, non-black people of color. I have like, and I've actually seen it happen to other people too. I've heard stories about people being asked about their hair. I literally heard this story about this girl I worked with. And she was in the elevator with one girl, and this is the first time she'd ever had like a weave in her head. And the girl was like, "Oh my gosh, I like your weave." <laughs> What is happening? So, <laughs> it's so wild to me. Um, but yeah, black women, our hair is very much so politicized in a way to where everybody has got to become Inspector Gadget or a damn journalist <laughs> to understand our hair. But you can leave Mary with her bright um, <clears throat> green hair alone. You got to ask me questions. Indeed. I think it's one, it's genuine interest. And two, like our hair is very different from all of the races. Like it can yeah. shrink so much to my ears, but I can blow dry it and it almost touches my bra strap. And like straight and it almost touches my bra strap. I can do braid outs, twist outs, I can do everything. I I can do locks, I can have braids. Like we can do anything and everything under the sun because our hair is so diverse compared to the other types of hair mm-hmm. that I think one is genuine curiosity. But two, it's just straight ignorance. And three, it's just being nosy. I don't know why people asking because what, whatever I do to my hair is not going to work for yours anyway. It's not. <laughs> like, you wasting your time asking. It's not. Look, be glad you don't have to go through that process because trust me. Trust. <laughs> that's a whole day's worth just doing your hair. Yeah, be thankful. <laughs> like, really be thankful. Count your blessings that you don't have to spend literally three hours doing your hair sometimes girl it's the whole i gotta get up at like eight if i want to be done at a reasonable time because i gotta wash it twisting takes forever laura you make your twist too small because they don't look good big well i said they need to be big but no i get you like they need to count they really do need to count their blessings that they can just literally wake up wash their hair and leave Yes, <laughs> I could do that. Please count your blood. If you are a non-black person listening to this, or a black person or biracial person, like a biracial person has like a lo- very loose texture or wavy or strong or straight hair, please count your blessings. Yes, because you do not have to wake up and do your hair. <laughs> it's really annoying. Don't get me wrong. Like once it, it looks good, it looks good, but it's too much. It's a lot of work. <laughs> A lot of work, <laughs> which is why I keep it braided up. Because I don't, ha- I don't want to be dealing with my hair every day. That is true. <laughs> and I hope people do. Oh, I'm sorry, you can finish. Oh, you can finish. You, you can go because I, I forgot what I was gonna say anyway. Do y'all think, do y'all think texturism is like the next wave of conversation to be had after colorism? Or do you think it's probably? I think it's featureism. Yeah. Because that's that's what people 
are more concerned about the the well next besides race how your body looks yeah look i don't care about the the boobs the butt i just want the execution that's all i'm here about i look i'm not trying to be in line trying to get the next surgery like i mm -mm. i'm not to pay that anyway <laughs> look i i'm not because when you get older your body is it's not gonna look right there's a lot of people who have had surgeries and i think k michelle's a really good example for that mm-hmm. she's removing everything and she's yeah she says she feels better Add in that fake. She already had a decent size behind anyway, so I don't understand why she got it that much. Probably because of the industry and to make herself feel better. And she probably thought at that time that's what she needed to feel better about herself. Do you do you guys think y'all would ever do any um, cosmetic surgery? Nope. Nope. (laughs) See, part of me doesn't want to because like the trends change so much. Um, that is true. So much. You could just look at two thousand and five compared to twenty twenty, mm-hmm. and like the body types that were like the it girl. But I've thought about a nose job, but I'm just terrified of how my nose, like my face, would look. What's wrong with your nose? Not executed properly. Some dude I was talking to, like in early college. Oh like, my god! Insecure about my nose. Girl, let leave, leave yeah, him like, be. Like I don't think about it often. I honestly would probably never do it, but that's the only surgery I've ever considered. See, yeah. I'm. This is why I'm single, y'all. I with men, mm-mm, I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I would have walked up. I've done that. I've got. I've gave a dude my number. I blocked him that same day because I, I couldn't do it. <laughs> I literally will walk away mid sentence. I'm ruthless. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I I just don't. I can't tolerate the disrespect. I don't like being told what to do. Uh. Uh-uh, I'm sorry. It's not gonna work. Nope. <laughs> it's just making me mad thinking about it. But mm. A salute to y'all who can do it because I can't. But how much time do we have? Uh, six minutes. You guys want to do closing stuff? Yeah, y'all can go because I got on my soapbox. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I mean, you, you're not wrong. So. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll start. I think the message today is simply to love yourself because nobody can do that better than you. And if you know you're having issues with your skin color, evaluate that and try to figure out why. Get help. That It doesn't mean you're, you're a bad person if you have an issue. We all have insecurities about our body, whether it's your skin or a feature, whatever it is. But make sure you address those issues head on and try to actually work through the problem Rather than jumping into a relationship trying to cope with those problems. Yeah. Lauren, I totally agree. I have nothing more to add to that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Just love yourself. Love the features you were given. And do some, like, internal healing if 
you have some trauma in regards to that because you're worth it so yeah if they don't like you for you bye that's it that you don't have to waste your time that's a clear the clearest indication indicator you need right there they ain't it bye <laughs> nobody has time to be wasting it on somebody that is not gonna love you for you so keep it moving Lauren, do you have the email? The email? Mm -hmm. What email? For the questions. The questions. What are you talking about? For our listeners to email us. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um. It, yeah. If y'all have any dilemmas or just want to say hi, what what not, you can go to our email. It is black talk podcast one at gmail.com so if you want to hit us up just send us a message to that email and if you want to check us out on any type of social media follow us on instagram and it is blk um talk underscore pod so you can definitely see what's going uh down on there and then um that's pretty much all i have but did y'all have anything else to add to that nope that's it email us your questions your dilemmas <laughs> problems comments concerns <laughs> <laughs> all right well by the time we record again it'll already be past christmas so happy holidays merry christmas and I hope everybody has a good remainder of their week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>